Welcome back to the Future is Green podcast. In today's episode of The Future is Green, you will learn about the health benefits of walking, how to make walking fun, the science behind why walking works and what works means, plus Ireland and I's favorite places to walk and what to listen to while walking. We are so excited to finally get this episode to you, although we did try to record it during a walk. Unfortunately, the sound quality did suffer while we were walking and recording. It was a lot of fun, but definitely not the product we want to produce. So, Lydia, do you want to talk to us a little bit about Walking 101 and some of the general health benefits of walking? Sure. So, of course, in addition to it just being something fun to do, there are plenty of health benefits associated with walking. Taking a regular brisk walk can help you maintain a healthy weight and lose body fat, prevent or manage various conditions, including heart disease, stroke, high blood pressure, um, some forms of cancer, type 2 diabetes, etc. Improve cardiovascular fitness, strengthen your bones and muscles, improve muscle endurance, increase energy levels, enhance your mood, improve cognition, memory, and sleep, improve balance and coordination, strengthen your immune system, and reduce stress and tension. I mean, if that's not, you know, tempting That seems to just cover everything. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty pretty inclusive. But I think getting out on a walk, it's not only good for your body, but good for your mind too. And one of our fig favorite um, motivational speakers and business owners and kind of just lifestyle household names, at least for us, Joe DeSena, so founder and CEO of Spartan Race and that whole, you know, brand, said something along the lines of, there is nothing in life you can't walk off. And I personally really resonate with this quote um, when I'm having a stressful day or even a good, some of my best days, a good day, like a walk can really just change your whole perspective, getting fresh air, getting exercise. You can do it solo. You can do it with friends. It's a really good way to connect and unplug And like he said, like, if something is happening that's not something great you want to focus on, go walk it off. You probably can a little bit at least, you know, remove some of the focus. I love that. And shifting your focus to probably somewhere else during that walk I feel like happens organically, whether it's just getting exposure to nature, getting off the phone, whatever it is, it's nice to switch things up. And a walk is definitely a good way to do that. For sure. You may not be able to change the situation that you're feeling uncomfortable or stressing about, but you can definitely change the way that you're looking at it and approaching it and going on a walk to step back and analyze and reframe, I think is probably the best way to put it. I would say for me, walking is a non-negotiable. It's a part of my day that I really do cherish and prioritize. And I think it's nice that you can walk at different times of the day and kind of get a different experience. So if I'm walking in the morning before my day starts, I'm really prepping myself for a pretty great day ahead. And if I'm walking midday, maybe it's a a check-in to see how things are going, maybe at lunchtime. And if it's at the end of the day, it's a really reflective experience and even sets me up some time for goal setting for the next day or for the week or life in general. So it's a really good dynamic activity that changes from time to time Um, but it's a really fun time and we've gone on quite a few walks together Ireland Um, we've covered a lot of ground many states so far more to conquer (laughs) 100% Uh, 
100%. I mean, we've done some at unconventional times. We talked about this on our walk last week, but we were known to do some midnight 2 a.m. walks as study breaks when we were pulling all-nighters at school. Which we don't advise. We're not recommending it, but... Yeah, it's not super maybe safe or healthy, but you got to do what you got to do. College lifestyle. (laughs) Um, Yes. But yeah, we've walked all over... um, New York City, Chapel Hill, hopefully Florida soon. So lots of fun walks. Um, But walking outside, no matter what the environment is, is really a great experience. And this is called green exercise. But Ireland, would you tell me more about that? I would love to. So green exercise really encompasses contact with nature at the core. So that could look like Exercise in general form, types of recreation, travel, companionship, relaxation, and restoration in green spaces. It's more rewarding through this enhanced well-being. So when you're exposed to nature and you combine that and those benefits with the pre-existing benefits of exercise, it's like a win-win and it's a way to amplify physical activity. So like Lydia was saying, reducing stress It can improve mood, uh, promote energy levels, and just overall, it's going to improve physical and emotional health at the core of one's overall well-being. And we were talking about how the energy levels. So in theory, it might be like, well, if you're walking, how do you get more energy? Well, if you're walking or you're engaging in another type of exercise, you're probably going to get tired, which would in turn mean that you will hopefully go to bed earlier and be able to recharge and gain and promote increased energy levels. Lydia, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, some research that talks about the health benefits of walking in green spaces and how that connects to mood and self-esteem? Yeah, I'd love to. So there is a study from the Journal of Integrative Environmental Sciences, and this is called The Health Benefits of Walking in Green Spaces of High Natural and Heritage Value. And this really just touches on the overall benefits of walking and participating in activity in green space. There's an immediate impact from these exposures. And this study in particular looked at members of the general public at four different national trust sites of natural and heritage value in the east of England. 137 visitors of the green spaces were approached and 132 agreed to participate in this study. They used a convenient sampling technique, which entailed a composite questionnaire measuring both self-esteem and mood. Participants were immediately assessed and pre- and post-activity. And although the effect was small, there was a statistically significant difference in self-esteem score between the score reported when arriving at the park versus leaving the park after the time spent in the green spaces. So... What they found was that the mood factor was based on feelings of anger, confusion, depression, fatigue, tension, and vigor. Anger, depression, tension, etc. all decreased while vigor increased. Based on these combined factors, the overall mood was significantly increased. So even though there might have been a decrease in maybe an energy level component from the vigor of walking, the mood component was still increased because of the endorphins released from that exercise and exposure to green space and this is all important because it reinforces the idea that environmental exposure can and does play a critical role in the emotional and physical well-being of individuals 
and it is a sustainable option to enhance emotional well-being through nature exposure combined with the benefits of exercise. And I think we touched on this earlier, potentially, but still important. I'm just going to restate it that green space, you know, exposure doesn't have to even, I think, just mean green. So if you're thinking, oh, no, like it's winter time. I live where I don't see much green, but it's the idea of just getting outside in nature, experiencing the elements. So it really is something that everyone can do. And it's very sustainable because it is cost free and it's available everywhere. That's some very interesting research. And thank you also for denoting what green is. I think that's a super important point that um, now we have it covered. Anytime you're outside, being in green is the equivalent to being in nature. And what I thought was really interesting about this study too is it saw a gap in previous literature. So although previous literature has supported the idea that exercise and time spent in general in these green spaces can be beneficial for one's health. There was a gap surrounding the immediate impact of such exposure. And this study looked at that and confirmed that green spaces are indeed beneficial in both the long term, which we'll refer to as chronic, and also in the acute short term, so that immediate impact. So to talk a little bit more about walking on physical health and how it works, There was a study done from the National Academy of Sciences at the University of Illinois from the director of the Beckman Institute and a professor of neuroscience. His name is Dr. Kramer. This study looked at the impact of exercise on the hippocampus. And the hippocampus is a core component in learning and memory. It's a very important structure in the brain. And just to define what memory means – Memory is the cognitive process by which individuals can encode, store, and retrieve information. So anything that has to do with your memories, you can thank your hippocampus for. So there is previous evidence supporting memory retrieval and that it's mediated by pathways involving the hippocampus and prefrontal cortex. And typically as you age, you lose volume of your hippocampus. So with losing the volume, there's an increased risk of memory impairment and dementia. The extent to which aerobic exercise training can modify hippocampal volume in late adulthood remained unknown, and that's what this study looked at. And just to define aerobic exercise, aerobic exercise is where there is a consistent um, flow of oxygen during the exercise. So think long-term running, long-term walking, The opposite would be anaerobic, which we could think of like HIIT workouts, sprints, something where you're stopping and starting is anaerobic, and something where you're staying consistent is aerobic exercise. So this study was a single-blind, randomized, controlled trial with 120 older adults. The regimen of the study was three brisk walks a week. So at week one, the walk started with a duration of 10 minutes, and every week, the walks increased by five minutes until the participants hit 40 minutes at week seven and continued with 40 minutes of walking three times a week. So they took a brain MRI pre-intervention and also post one year. They found that aerobic exercise training, so walking, for an example, increases the size of the anterior hippocampus with a volume increase of 2%. So although 2% may not seem like a huge number, it actually is significant and effectively by increasing the hippocampal volume of 2%, you're effectively reversing age-related loss in volume by one to two years, which is incredible and 
helps to promote improved spatial memory. So especially for someone who may be in the later part of their life and experiencing memory impairment to add another one to two years of increased cognitive functioning and improved spatial memory is wonderful. So why is this important? The hippocampus, just to reiterate, plays a critical role in learning and memory. So aerobic exercise training may effectively reverse these memory impairments via the increased hippocampal volume and lead to improved memory function. And it's important to note, I think, that increased hippocampal volume is associated with increased levels of BDNF, which stands for brain-derived neurotrophic factor. So BDNF belongs to a family of proteins called neurotrophins, and these proteins are super important within the nervous system, and they play a key role in neurogenesis. So neurogenesis, if we break down the word neuro, means relating to the nerves, like nervous system and genesis, so the formation of something. So neurogenesis is the process by which new nerve cells are formed. And BDNF stimulates this process, so it's similar to a growth hormone in this way. And when BDNF engages in downstream signaling, it leads to multiple effects on the neuron. Um, so one of the key receptors BDNF can bind to in the after it is released into the synaptic cleft, one of those receptors is tyrosine kinase B, truck B, which helps regulate this neurogenesis. So through the outgrowth of synaptic spines and increased protective pathways, it may help to combat and ultimately diminish harmful pathways such as those that promote vascular dementia and Alzheimer's disease, which originate as a result of many factors, but one of those could be oxidative stress. So by increasing synaptic connection and communication via long-term potentiation, or LTP, which means that the synapses become stronger because they're happening more often as a result of frequent activation, and also neuroplasticity plays a huge role in this. So neuroplasticity is a general umbrella term that refers to the brain's ability to modify or adapt its structure and thus function. We always talk about how structure has a direct correlation to function. And so with that, um, it's able to make these changes in response to an experience over the course of one's lifetime. So your brain is always adapting, changing, being modified because of this neuroplasticity that occurs usually from changes in the neural circuit. And when deviations occur, um, those have been linked to neuropsychiatric disorders. So I think this shows that there's potential that keeping increased levels of BDNF, which we know is a key protein that aids in the regulation of synaptic plasticity, which is critical for learning and memory, keeping those at high levels is great for us. And the fact that increased hippocampal volume, which we just talked about, that can come from walking, that can lead to these increased levels of BDNF is just a win-win all around. I'm sorry, I just geeked out heavily, but <laughs> I think it's really promising that three walks of 40 minutes each a week has substantial health benefits down the road. No, that was great. I really enjoyed listening to that. Obviously, this is something that we both are interested in, and it's really exciting to get to share this information with you. I think, Ireland, you did a great job breaking down I would say the neuroplasticity piece, especially about how it applies to this, because it is a general umbrella term that I feel like a lot of people might recognize, you know, even if you're not familiar with this content necessarily. So 
hearing how it really does apply to walking, specifically in uh, combination with the BDNF protein. I think that's great takeaway. So let's talk about some of our walk go-tos. Yes. We'll yeah. switch from the science for a second. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll switch hats now. Um, <laughs> take off the STEM hat. Our fig faves, we have so many, obviously. We've recently posted our January fig faves, but we do have some that are very specific to walking. So for me, I would say when I go on a walk, there's some things that I have to bring with me. If I'm walking solo, I'm definitely bringing my phone, a pair of headphones, some type of safety device. So recently it's been, you know, my house key and a birdie little self-alarm. Uh, depending on time of day, going to have a Bev. <laughs> so Bev of choice, probably a w- bottle of water or a coffee, sometimes an energy drink. I'm trying to wean myself off of Celsius uh, and drink more of Clean Cause. We love that. So that's definitely something that I try to bring with me. Um, when I'm walking solo and if I'm like doing more of a interval like walk run or just straight on like running I definitely bring like a little athletic like fanny pack thing that goes around my waist to hold all of these items except for the drink so that way I can hands free and have a good good form while I'm running but if I am on a walk with someone else so when for example when Ireland and I go walking I usually still bring my phone but it's typically a very organic phone-free zone, uh, which is a benefit, I would say, to walking with someone else is that you really get to unplug, have a conversation, and just experience, you know, the company of someone else. But nevertheless, the items that I bring don't really differ all too much. But Ireland, what do you have to bring on your walks and runs? Pretty much the same items as you mentioned, and I also just wanted to touch on the phone-free zone. I think the way that it does happen so organically like you mentioned is just a testament that walking, at least in our experience, brings us down to a level where we become a lot more present to our surroundings and the people around us. Um, And it's just such a great way to – disconnect from one item or one area and further connect with others. So further connect with Lydia, further connect with nature, being more aware, being more conscious, I think is just an amazing benefit. And that's why walking is a non-negotiable in many ways for our activities together. It's so easy. It can be done anywhere. But let me stop getting sidetracked. And so some of my go-tos Besides the water, I would say I love liquid IV and I like to put that in my water bottle if it is a long walk and if I don't necessarily know if there's a water refill station or there's somewhere where I could get another water from. We do like to bring our hydro flasks or reusable water bottles um, and fill those up. There's usually places, but if there's not, I think liquid IV. It's a personal favorite of mine. Um, It has three times the electrolytes and less than half the sugar and calories compared to Gatorade. So that is why I recently switched to liquid IV. I still do drink Gatorade occasionally, um, but it's a great way to stay hydrated. We're walking oceans as humans and we need not just water, but we need those electrolytes um, as well. And it should not replace your usual water intake, but it can help, especially during 
times where you may become dehydrated from exercise and or the weather outside. I would also say I (laughs) bring probably chapstick. That's just a go-to I bring everywhere, especially on a walk and when it is cold. Um, Right now, it is very cold up here in New Jersey, so bundling up um, with (laughs) the long johns, basically all my ski thermals, you know the drill, but... (laughs) I love the mention about the liquid IV. Uh, For our gluten-free listeners, noon hydration tablets, same effect, but it is a certified gluten-free product. So if I'm going on a longer walk or run or even like a post-workout drink, that's usually what I'll sip on. Hydrating electrolytes, no sugar, clean ingredients, same vibe, and they're super delicious. The pink lemonade is my favorite one. I love that one. Or I also like, I think it's like the sport lime. These are some of our favorites. For sure. What are some other things you do when you're on a walk alone, let's say? Okay, so when I'm on a walk alone, it really does depend on the time of day that I'm walking and what I have going on externally in my life. But I would say I'm usually found with headphones in and I'm listening to some music, a podcast, maybe even an audiobook, um, some favorite podcasts I like to listen to while walking um, is Tink's podcast. I, I think it's called It's Me Tink's. I think very simple name. Uh, also listening to recently um, Anything Goes with Emma Chamberlain. Of course, I listen to our own podcast just to hear it back every once in a while spartan up podcast is great um call her daddy's a classic but i haven't really tuned in religiously for a while but getting back into it and then i guess ever since this is a while ago now but her split from her co-host um sophia franklin has released since her own podcast called sophia with an f and i've been trying to get into that listening to that a little bit so something kind of just like not overwhelming kind of just like fun and um not too heavy and then for music anything kind of you know up uplifting with a good beat something I could maybe even transition into running I know Ireland you run on beat so you might have some good song suggestions for people who want to try that out but also listening just to nature so the sounds of streams flowing maybe the wind through the through the trees through the leaves birds chirping I recently moved to Florida, so I'm enjoying seeing and hearing all the new (laughs) sights and sounds around me. On my run last week, I literally saw a peacock, which was really, (laughs) really strange, but enjoyable. (laughs) I love your point about listening to nature, although I, I mean, we both are huge music fans podcast and just having some type of audio and I think a lot of the time to be able to disconnect and hear nature I when I've done that before I've just found such a greater appreciation and I feel like I'm able to be more aware of what's going on around me and oh my gosh there's birds and there's ducks and listening to the noises it's beautiful I do run on beat, like Lydia mentioned. I think it's (laughs) probably just from my dance background. I really like going to some type of beat. I do the same with swimming, actually. Um, (laughs) That's another topic for another time. But I perhaps will share my playlist or just like upbeat songs. But if that works for you, do that. 
I think it's such a personal thing. I have found that's what works for me. And there's a few songs that I truly feel could not only pull me out of a coma if we're the case, they also can get me through runs. So that is usually my go-to. Some of my go-to podcasts lately, The Huberman Lab, I like, it's called The Doctor's Pharmacy with Dr. Mark Hyman, Mel Robbins. There's a few out there. Um, And then also a newer one I've included into my repertoire for walking. There are guided meditations for walking, which sounds a little strange. And I will admit the first time I did it, I felt a little out of place essentially meditating, um, walking down the street. But it's very chill and they have them on YouTube. Um, They have them on different apps. So that is also something I didn't really know existed before a few months ago, but there are guided walking meditations. So if that's something you think you might like, definitely give it a try because it's very interesting and gave me a new perspective on meditation with nature. That's really interesting. I feel like I'd love to try that out. Not something I usually gravitate towards. I feel like I kind of do meditation at the end of like maybe a yoga sesh or something, but trying it on a walk would definitely be a new experience. So I think I will (laughs) sample that this week. Um, Just for the fun of it, Ireland, what are some songs that would pull you out of a coma? Oh my gosh. Well, the first one, which Lydia definitely knows this one, but it's Teach Me How to Dougie. That song, I could be horizontal at any time of the day and immediately I become vertical. So it's usually most helpful in the morning. Some of my favorite songs on my playlist, which is called Run For Your Life, because that is what I feel like I'm doing uh, most of the time. I love some old throwbacks. Let's see. Let me pull it up here real quick. Um, Lots of Beyonce. I have uh, Meek Mills, I'm a Boss is probably one that could get me through, get me through anything. Um, That's one of my favorite ones. Lots of old Drake, Um, anything honestly just with like a fun beat. Black Eyed Peas, I have Fergie on there. That's how I like to run, but to each their own, find out what works for you, music or not. Lydia, what are some of your favorite running songs? Okay, first of all, just have to comment. Yes, Teach Me Out of Dougie is one of Ireland's faves. They used to play that at the gym that we went to in Burlington, North Carolina, and it would really, really get us going. Um, kind of a strange one. I feel like it's not something that would immediately come to mind, at least for me. But once you understand it and see, you know, Ireland in action experiencing it, it'll click for you. It's great. For me, I would say, I don't know that necessarily I like to run to this song, but one that would get me out of a coma just because I feel like it has good vibes is Weekend by Mac Miller. It's a great one. Uh, Something about it really just just like, yes, it hits me. But for running, I've been obsessed with Escapism, the sped up version by Ray 070 Shake. It's it's like a recent song. Like it came out in like 2022, like the end of the year. So pretty new. Um, Also, everything from like the Black Panther Wakanda Forever album. Yes. Um, that there's some good songs on there for running. Like Lift Me Up by Rihanna's pretty good. And all of these have like some remix versions where like the beats just better and like it just sounds louder. I don't know. I need something pretty aggressive to run to, but it's good. Um yeah. And then I would say also I really have been loving some throwbacks like <laughs> 
even musical theater like um albums so I used to like love listening to Broadway hits that was like my thing like my mom in the car would be like are you serious I would just always put on (laughs) something but like sometimes that's what you need it's a good like mood booster so mixing those in every once in a while because I I do know like all of the words so it's fun to be able to like sing along I mean I sound awful I'm very off key but it's for fun so it's fine it's totally for fun and I feel like with some of those I'm sure there is a study out there supporting the idea of nostalgia but when you talk about throwbacks and even like just songs that you associate with relatively positive memories for me when I play some of these it's pure nostalgia and I find myself thinking about like memories I have associated with that song and I forget that I'm running I don't know if it's the same way for you no I totally agree I've heard some songs like all sometimes I'll just like hit shuffle on like a random playlist or like even just like the all songs feature I'm an apple music user so this is all relevant to apple music but I'll hit like shuffle on all of the songs downloaded to my apple account and it's so funny because like ones that'll play I can immediately picture like where I was the last time I heard the song or like where I was maybe when I first heard it or first like was like oh yeah I love this song so like a lot of them that were coming up the other day on one of my um runs was music from like my sweet 16 or like oh my my freshman year (laughs) of high school or like my post-graduate years which is like kind of funny and then there's some songs that are like more recent like I heard oh like doses and mimosas is like elon pregame song like i that puts me like oh yeah nostalgic like that's fun but there's a bunch of random ones like that and it's like once you find your songs and then you kind of have to like favorite them and be like oh yeah i like to run to this and then after a while you'll have a pretty authentic uh playlist that you can use for running but i think maybe ireland and i will work on this and throw one together with some, some of our favorites that way you guys can listen and let us know what you think I think we should definitely do that. A fig walking yeah. playlist. And maybe Lydia can make it on Apple Music <laughs> and I'll make it on Spotify. Yeah, that's what we'll have to do. I am really, really <laughs> passionate about being an Apple Music user. So. And I am the same with Spotify. So differences, but at, at the end, it works out well. Yes, 100%. And we also just wanted to touch on, before we start to wrap up, um, our conversation around walking, obviously, We do not mean at all to be exclusive. Just being outside, like we were saying, has incredible impacts on its own. So we always want FIG to be an inclusive space. We did just want to recognize that. Absolutely, Ireland. I couldn't agree more. FIG is always going to be an inclusive environment. We want to make it that way. Um, being outside, enjoying nature, engaging in green space, green exercise can mean something different for everyone. Even if you aren't able to walk, aren't able to run, whatever, you know, it may be, even just simply sitting outside and enjoying nature, enjoying the people you're with um, is a form of green exercise, enjoying green space. So it's, it's all, it all counts. It's all relevant. We don't want to be exclusive. Um, and yeah, so I mean, even honestly, if you are able to walk and there's someone in your life who can't. It would be great, I think, to get them involved maybe if they are in a wheelchair or need some assistance walking. If you could, you know, reach out and volunteer maybe an hour of your time and be like, hey, I'd love to go on a walk with you or whatever it may be. It would be a great way to get some green space yourself, but also, you know, help someone in need and really have some quality time. I love that. The shared experiences, no matter the circumstances, I think can be achieved. For sure. 
Thank you guys so much for joining us today and listening to Walk Your Way to Wellness. We really hope that something from this episode resonated with you and we can't wait for you to tune in. Oh, 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 oh,